bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to After Things. I'm Andrew Maine, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello. Mr. Justin Robert Young. Well, hello. Gentlemen, let's talk about After Things during the After sure. Things show, which is what we do every time. And I am speaking of which, it's the end of November, it's almost December, and we have a whole new year ahead of us. Knowing what you know about the world, life, everything what are you planning to do differently or the same next year Ooh, man uh that's a that's that's a good question uh was that off uh did nobody sent that in did they okay all right cool i just did from well, my heart okay no, yeah. no, it was it was just so good that it, writing it in writing in emailing <laughs> andrew main's heart says uh man uh I, I, I suppose uh, I suppose I most certainly am going to be more cautious about having uh, about setting stuff aside. And I think the whole world is. I, I think that even if you have done a pretty good job of surviving the uh, surprise train wreck of 2020, uh, and even if things are looking good in terms of vaccines and, and let's say, you know, as soon as, you know, a few months in, it, they start becoming widely available. Um, and even if you're at a point where your personal sales numbers, whatever your metrics are that you go uh, for yourself, I feel like everybody's going to be squirreling uh, some extra something aside uh, and, and, and just playing it safe for all of 2021. Does, does, does that sound accurate to you, Justin? Um, I don't know. I haven't thought of it like that. I, uh, I've uh, I actually in my little uh, uh, week that Ashley and I spent being in a tinier room than but a different room than we had been in all year uh, in San Diego. I took like a day to lay out my kind of next year and what I wanted to do. And so this is going to be the first time where specifically, at least on a production calendar i've laid out what i want to do i'm i'm uh i think if there's one thing that this lockdown has given me it's it's a lot more foresight and uh, uh faith in myself that in giving myself time and planning that my my output can be better so um, i'm looking at it right now of like i i set like deadlines for the end of each quarter and I have things that I want to do. I have metrics that I do want to hit in terms of uh, the weekly podcast, but uh, uh, I've, I've, I've tried to kind of give everything sort of a new gloss of, of, of paint over the last few weeks based on my uh, uh, thought process there. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, I, I think I am like, I'm very, very dialed into exactly how I am going to attack 2021 with the idea being that let's say everything stays as locked down as everything has stayed then i'm rocking and rolling i am only guided by the stuff i can control if we wind up taking off boy i got some cool ideas on the back burner that i would love to spin up but i'm it the lesson of 2020 to me has been don't count on it whatever it is just don't count on it 
focus on everything so, that you have right in front of you. I want, I want Bryce to answer this question too, but I want to throw out a thing to think about for everybody here is, do you know what next year is? 2021. <laughs> the Olympics. Which the 2020 is? Olympics. Uh, wait, which, what's the you, oh, No, uh, uh, which is, uh, what? I give up. The actual start of the next decade. Oh, <laughs> that's a, that discussion. Fair point. Fair uh, point. Uh, uh, I'd say the perennial favorite, but I guess it's the millennial favorite. No, but I mean, like, I know we go, oh, no, it's no, it's legit. 2021 is the start of the next decade. And if, so framing it from that point of view. Yeah. If, if we're ever going to sell that, now's the time. Now's the time. <laughs> I think we can all be on board. You want to know when the decade really starts? New Year's Eve. This uh, uh, coming up at the end of this coming month. Yeah, we could leave this decade behind. Bye. Start decade. Fresh decade. Oh, but there's a virus. Oh, yeah, but there's a cure for the virus. Oh, okay. I'd rather be in that yep. decade mm -hmm. where there's, you know, mm -hmm. you know, cures and stuff. But but it is, but it's a framing device kind of thing, though. I like to it. To think about like, hey, you know, that is, we are going and we are barking in the next decade, which is, what does that mean? Bryce, what does that mean for you? uh uh i i really don't know uh this 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 year i think with all the covid stuff uh i was definitely powering through it better at the start of covid i was an early i was an early resilient person and now i'm starting to un unravel here in in this in this part of in this chapter of it um so i'm i'm really trying to f I'm, I'm just trying to make it through trying to make it to december <laughs> 2020 wait uh, yeah. uh uh that's that's uh that's six, in 16 hours that's right 16 that's right <laughs> and he is white knuckling, <laughs> and i'm trying white so knuckling. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, uh you know i've got a few personal goals for 2021 um you know per personal stuff right like uh i had Right, right at the start of 2020, I had started getting into fit to, to fitness a little bit and and dieting and, and eating right and making sure to have a have a variety of exercise and stuff. And all of that <laughs> came crashing down in the middle of April. Um, so trying to get back on on some of that wellness stuff, physical and mental wellness um, uh, and, and 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 taking it from there. Um uh, cause, cause I don't know, I, I already kind of do, do a lot of stuff here. So, uh, you know, either keeping an open mind to, uh, I don't know, evolving different things or I, I, I don't exactly know. Um, I'm, I'm just trying, I'm playing it by ear. I got to play it by ear right now, I guess. I think that this last decade, we've seen a lot of cool stuff come about, you know, electric cars are, are like a real cool thing and not something you laugh at anymore. You look at, we're gone with, you know, of course spacex and rockets and stuff we've seen but a lot of stuff has stayed the same too is that like you know youtube youtube was there before this decade uh social networks and facebook were there before and the rise to prominence happened in this decade but a lot of this decade sort of was watching things that existed before kind of more fully develop and seeing the effects of those but I think we've talked about, like, I don't think there was anything in the last 10 years that if you went to somebody 10 years before and showed them, they would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. You know, you'd be like, yeah, no, like I, 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 I could see in 2008 where 2000, what 2018 would probably look like. And a lot of it, I think we would have thought we would have had sooner VR and stuff. I think this next decade 
is going to be not like that. I think by the end, I think by the you know 2030, we're going to look back at what happened in the last 10 years and say, holy cow, uh, so much has happened. So many of the things we talked about now, Starship, AI, robotics, you know, VR, biotechnology, the acceleration, I think it's going to happen to medicine, et cetera. I think the next 10 years, it's going to be a rapid, is going to be a rapid pace of things happening. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I guess specifically, obviously we're super interested in it. So we tend to gravitate to, to those stories, but, um, man, how, like, think about, I can't, I, I can, I can only, you probably know, Andrew, how many SpaceX launches happen per year now. Uh, and, and I've tried to imagine how many, uh, orders of magnitude it will have gone up, uh, uh, I mean, at least, at, at least, you know, hundreds, th thousands of flights a, a year, tens of thousands of flights a year. Think about, think about like, they're going to try to do Starship, by the way. They're going to try to send that up to 15 kilometers this, this week. Okay. And meanwhile, and, and, and not always, you know, we talk about SpaceX a lot. There's other companies, Blue Origin, there's other companies working on other stuff. And that's kind of the exciting thing is other players coming to play there, but when you have Starship, a fully reusable rocket, if it works, a fully reusable rocket that literally just fuel it up, send it up again, you're already getting a lot of big, we have a really big launch cadence now of Falcon 9 rockets. I can't keep track of them because it feels like sometimes there's every few days there's a Falcon 9 launch. With Starship, you're going to be like every day, every other day or something, this thing's going to be going up. And that's going to be kind of mind-blowing to think. And as they start building more of these, and it's going to become sooner than later and by the end of the decade what does the world look like but even on another end of stuff too is that i i think that one of the things we've seen is sort of the idea of thinking outside the paradigm of like we've we've done things sort of the same way for a long time and finally you're having to make bigger bets to try things differently which i'll give you an example is apple with the m1 chip and then switching from an 86 architecture to arm which may not mean a lot but the idea that somebody would be using ARM processors on the desktop, you know, seemed kind of crazy several years ago. But then if you looked at, if you show this chart of ARM processors and 86, you'd see 86 was much more overall powerful and had this sort of, you know, slight rise, but ARM kept going doom, doom, doom. And there's this point where ARM processors just outpaced 86. Yeah. And Apple was like, yeah, no, we should probably be using this now. And other people are like, oh, but we've used this before. But Apple's like, no, we think so. Then we're going to spend billions of dollars to make this thing happen. And we had this sort of plateau. You notice that like we had this kind of Moore's Law, but sort of this plateau of where processors are going. And all of a sudden they're getting faster again because, you know, you had to make a bet on something different. And I think that's going to apply to other stuff, I guess, is it, it maybe medicine, maybe other areas too, where people are going to say, there is this other thing that we kind of was given sort of notional improvements, but it wasn't as good as this thing. Maybe we throw a bunch of money in there. It could be solar panels. I don't know. I just think we're going to see a lot of that in this next decade. Uh, I, I I definitely think that in, in this next decade, we're going to see a ton of change in terms of our media landscape, in terms of, of how we interact with each other, what we go to for information and uh uh, you know, I've I've long said that kind of like social media is a very we are still in an awkward adolescence. And I certainly hope that we are at, you know, our 
<laughs> we are we are at a point with social media where we've we've uh, crashed the family car, and now we have to come to grips with the fact that we're adults and we need to have personal responsibility uh, uh, because we can't just keep lashing out the way that a child does. But uh, uh, even in terms of the institutions, the media institutions for which have kind of been the bedrock of what we understand to be, uh, you know, the, the the gathering places of information, a lot of that's going to change. You know, uh, the one thing that the lockdown kind of brought, and this might be the kind of like, the lockdown might be the London fire that allows us to build a a better, more modern society, but it jumped all of our uh a lot of trends just kind of jumped ahead like five years in a year and uh, technology was certainly one of them the concept of streaming and video conferencing and and where you need to live to be in a place where it where it matters is very very different today than it was even in february but also the ad market fell apart you know the things that were kind of uh, on schedule to change changed way faster than uh, I think anybody was kind of planning on it. And now we're entering into a world where, you know, we got some decent ideas on what happens next, you know, in terms of direct funding, it's, it's, I'm happy to be on Patreon and, and have done this kind of stuff for a little while now, but I think you're going to see a lot of that. You're going to see a lot of, uh, uh, kind of really, uh, and I think uh, meaningfully exciting things that will happen throughout media and culture over the next 10 years that I think we saw maybe a tremor of in the early aughts with like blogs and RSS and podcasts and stuff like that. But that was like, I think, a, a tremor. That was happening on the outsides of the walls while these gleaming uh, uh, media organizations kind of stood at the center. Now I think we are at a full leveling where there's going to be a lot of crazy money going to a lot of crazy places. It's going to be rad. You think, uh, I, I, I suppose part of that is uh, we're definitely seeing a lot of people uh, get a lot more comfortable with the idea of actually paying for their media and paying attention to their media diet and what kind of biases. Uh, like, I, I don't know that there was a whole lot of talk 10 years ago about outside of the general, the media's bias to the left. That was just the, that, that was all anyone seemed to be able to say. But now it's like there's, uh, I use the ground news app and I really dig the fact that, that some version of everything that I'm consuming, I, you know, I recognize, I'll, I'll read a, you know, biased right source and then I'll go read a biased left source. And then, and nowadays we're a lot more comfortable. We have lots of stories about people who have left big institutions to go be directly funded and the idea of of paying for your information 10 years ago would have been anathema everybody felt entitled to everything free but nowadays it's it's almost as though consuming free information um i i think with social media we're getting to that point where uh, social media is cigarettes and, and more people are acknowledging that. Like uh, the other day, Bonnie had to take a phone call. And then like 15 minutes later, I walked outside and she was still there and she snapped her phone away. And I'm like, what's, what's going on, sweetie? And she goes, I was smoking. <laughs> like she just full on <laughs> admitted that she got caught up in just scrolling through that Facebook feed. Uh, and I think we're getting there of stigmatizing free social media for, for the downside. You know, if you're not paying for it, then you're the product. And I think we're going to move farther that way towards 
you know, just uh, free uh, periodicals are going to become informational junk food where it's like, hey, man, I ain't going to blame you. Sometimes you're hungry and then fries look good. But we all know you should be eating a healthy meal. Well, but but also think about it like this. Uh, there was a sea change in culture the moment people the moment that you could have a conversation with your parents and say, I bought this book on Amazon. Right. In fact, I remember uh, uh, back at South Plantation High School talking to Andrew Maine uh, uh, and saying and him saying, yeah, I did all my shopping on Amazon this year. Like and and it was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Now it's social proof that you would put your <laughs> credit card on the Internet. Right. Uh, that is a sea change, whether or not we realize it's like, no, no, I'm getting a new book. No, you're not. You You just trusted your credit card on a website. And that has now become a thing that you do. You're 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 a rube if you don't give Amazon trust in your credit card. Same thing happened with Apple and music. Now all of a sudden you trust your credit card there. The fact that we are now in a situation that like Patreons come of age, uh, a lot of, st of different places that have hit a lot of different areas. Now uh, uh, PayPal, Venmo, all these different ways that we interact with money, there's there's now just a a table setting for stuff like this in 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 the future and it's like whether or not we have the will to think well this sucks or it's biased or i don't like this or i would like to support this the the playground of okay now all these other places are discoverable and i think it's a cool thing to do to pay for it like there there are a lot of things that have to change beyond the will and I feel like we're kind of there now. And then also the big, you know, quote unquote, easy money from from ads is kind of receding, which means things are about to get very weird. I think the thing that I'm hopeful for is if you take a look at some of the top podcasts and and, and you're going to see people who are you're going to see people, certain points of view, both sides, whatever. but. A number of the top ones, like you take, let's say, like Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan will have anybody on his podcast. You'd be anywhere in the spectrum, and Joe Rogan will have you on his podcast, right? And even some of, like, I've seen even some of the conservatives, like, I've watched them sit down with, like, Eric Weinstein and stuff, and he explains, like, why you need social safety nets and stuff. And I see that, and I see these really healthy discussions between people who have very different viewpoints. And I'm hopeful, as we see that, you know, the number one podcast is Rogan. And you could you can be a Marxist and go on there. You could be far right. You could be you could be you know the crazy conspiracy theory kind of person, and he'll have you on there, which frustrates people. But the point is, people like to watch that show or listen to him because they're getting a variety of opinions. They're getting this variety of this thing, and that used to be something we used to see more of on the news. We used to be able to you know somebody showed a clip of like uh uh um. Uh, Carlin sitting next to Ann Coulter on the Jay Leno show. 
And yeah. there's no version of that that would exist today besides the fact, you know, Carlin's passed away. There's no version of that would exist today. There's no version of that. And I think that we're less healthy for it because you want people on the right to listen to people on the left. You want people on the left to listen to people on the right and people in the middle to have an opportunity to be heard or whatever. And I think from a political point of view, I think that's polarized us. But I'm hopeful by the fact that I think most people are kind of cool with hearing opposing points of view. But the platforms haven't been. The platforms have tried to be more polarizing. And to Justin's point about where the media is going to, I think that's the hopeful thing is that is that you're going to feel OK for listening and liking somebody who's different, thinks differently than you do and has different ideas than you do. But you're going to enjoy their content and be open to hearing from that. That's my dream. At least. I, I think it's but. a beautiful dream. It's a dream I share. <laughs> I mean, I, but I want it, it to was, be more than a yeah. dream. I want it to be the real world. No, I think, but I think that's where we're, I think it's not going to happen with regular cable news. It's not going to happen on network for sure. And I, but I do think that it's going to happen in, because those places often, they get so locked in, oh, well, this is who our audience is and we can't go outside of the box here and do this. Well, other places are more like, can be a little more risky and take bigger risks. And And I think try to like, you know, bring way different points of view in and and like i like listening to different points of view i like a well put you know argument i like to hear i want i want there to be more depth than a cartoon characterization of something that i don't think makes sense yeah I think a lot uh, of people uh, and, like that. and i i i i think between delivery delivery being flattened out you know and this was kind of the dream of blogs right was that like oh okay well the New York nytimes.com is a website the same way that Gawker is a website. And so that flattens everything out. And to a certain extent, what the failure of blogs, uh, uh, at least the blog revolution, as it was kind of envisioned in the aughts was that people realized that being the New York times is actually really hard. Like everybody can complain about it, but sustaining a media entity is difficult. Like it is, it is really hard to do. And a lot of the most shining examples got over their skis and capsized. Uh, what happens now is like, okay, we'll forget even blogs, everything, having a website. Now, how do you learn of a story where the noise is so loud? Right. And, and now do we even look for stories? Do we now just kind of slot into our own ecosystems and just rely on recommendations on where we hear uh, uh, different things. And if that's the case, then we have totally flattened out the advantages of, of the pillars of old media. Like now, well, I, I would say, yeah, I'd say, and the problem that old media had too, was that New York times could stand by their guns and say, yes, we ran an op-ed that's you don't like, but that's why it's called an op-ed years ago and not have an issue because it, it was really hard to cancel. It. it was really hard to cancel your subscription when you're getting this print newspaper and whatnot. But in the age of like, no, I'm angry, unsubscribe, you know, angry, cancel my subscription. That changed the way they reacted. That changed the yeah. way they behaved. And I think there will be a price. I think there's a price to be paid for that when you become so beholden to who your audience is that they won't even entertain, you know, things and, outside and, the bubble. And I would also say it's overreaction. It, it, it's the idea of like, okay, well, if you're the main character of Twitter for one day, which uh, uh, as Bryce explains to us, you never want to be the main character of Twitter uh, for any amount of time, let alone a day. Uh, and I, I can understand that it's like for if you're a major news outlet and you see that and your staff sees that and now they're reacting to it, then it's like, ah, we need to change. And I think that now as we go forward, 
you realize that there's a main character on Twitter every day. And it's awful. Yeah. It's terrible to be that person. It's terrible to live in that world. But it's also not the end of the world. At the end, at the end of the day, mm. all these things, although I, I agree with Brian, and oftentimes specifically in the doom scrolling mm. element of it, it is harmful to yourself. It is just a free message board. Right? Like you could just leave the message board, you know. It's it's not the end of the world. Uh, what do you say we do uh, uh, picks? I think uh, Andrew uh, has had to uh, has had to leave, but um, oh sure, uh, Brian, do you have a do you have a pick? Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I guess so. Um, I, I have been consuming some stuff um, lately. I I found myself getting excited for um, a bit of a surprise for me. Uh, the 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 Soho Forum Debates uh, is a podcast put out by by Reason, and it's, uh, I believe, supported by the Reason Foundation, and um, they used to do it live. It's Oxford-style debates, so you uh, they take a poll on an issue before they, they have a proposition. Uh, everybody votes, whether they're for it, against it, or haven't decided, and then they have highly qualified individuals give a really good back-and-forth debate, uh, moderated by uh, Gene Epstein, uh, and he... Um, uh, and then at the end, you you know you, you vote again. You see who swayed the needle. And what I love about it is the the subjects are so highfalutin that oftentimes I I have my opinion. But man, is it fun to hear a counter argument where it's like, you know what, that's that's a fine thought, and I don't know that it sways me away, or maybe it does, or whatever. But it's like I I'm very thankful. I don't think I've heard an entire episode where there wasn't at least one point. Either, either from the side I'm inclined to agree with or the side that I'm uh, inclined to uh, decide against that isn't new to me, that I hadn't encountered before and wasn't very well reasoned. Uh, I like it a lot. That's red. Nice. Bryce? Uh, if we're suggesting podcasts, um, uh, uh, here's a podcast. Uh, I really enjoy a show uh, called What a Time to Be Alive. Um it is uh, a comedy show. It's it is kind of actually similar to uh, uh, two weird things in that it is kind of a uh, weird news of the week uh, show. But uh, every week they talk down uh, the five top news stories that make you say the thing that's the name of the podcast, which is what a time to be alive. So uh, I think it's really fun. Uh, Patty, Eli, and uh, Kath are a really funny crew, which I think is really important on a you know a comedy conversational show like this. So. Uh, that's uh, that's my recommendation. What a time to be alive. Nice. Justin? Uh, I got a recommendation, a story recommendation for people to read. Ooh. Uh, I uh, am obsessed with Matt Drudge and the website The Drudge Report. Uh, I, I think it is a, 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 a seminal internet, early internet settler. He is an early internet settler that really kind of like helped to radically change humanity. He's a very interesting, mysterious character. And in a article on tabletmag.com, there is a great uh, deep dive into whether or not he has, without fanfare, sold the Drudge Report. And uh, uh, now they are just coasting off whatever is uh, uh, whatever money is going to come in. But some longtime uh, uh, readers of the Drudge Report have noticed that it has sort of shifted its uh, ideological tone 
It certainly is updating less frequently. There are a lot of, because nobody knows anything and nobody's talking, there's a lot of conversation on whether or not this is just kind of a cash out, that there's a, there's a deep dive into the shadowy world of uh, web advertising traffic uh, that I think is fascinating. But I would like everybody to read it because this Friday on the Politics, Politics, Politics podcast, we're going to be talking with the author. So uh, not Ooh. only did I very much enjoy the article, but I hopefully everybody will enjoy the conversation I have with the author that will air on Friday. Very cool. That's awesome. Uh, well, for uh, Andrew Main, uh, what do we say? It's been after. You're damn right it is. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>